0: I kicked it for everyone's legs. On oh, nice the Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn. Yes, that's right. Hello and welcome back to the Kids Edition. It's been a huge weekend in footy. Charlie Kernow kicking nine goals against West Coast in a 108-point win for the Carlton Blues. Will Ashcroft kicked a goal of the year contender off from the boundary. Just It was floating in the air. Grabbed it and threw it on the boot. No chewy on his boot, as they may say. And Port Adelaide got another win over the Saints for the 11th time in 12 years. Joining me is Ali Blackburn, AFLW Western Bulldogs superstar. Ali, it's great to be back. How are you?
1: G'day, Max. It's uh, good to be back on deck and uh, here on a Sunday morning for the Kids Edition. Um, obviously been a, a long time between um, being back on. So it's, it's, uh, it's nice to be here. It's good to chat footy again. Good to chat you know, all things kids' sports and sports from the weekend. It's it's been a lot happening, hasn't there, Max? There's
0: been a lot in footy. So if you've played footy or you got Oz kick today, you've got a game later this morning or this afternoon, give us a call. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Or if you just want to talk footy, your team had a win on the weekend, or you weren't happy with how <laughs> your team in the <laughs> AFL played, give us a call. one 736 736 Ali on Friday night it was Built up for a blockbuster game, St. Kilda and Port Adelaide. St. Kilda obviously took back selling those rights to Cairns in a match where last year they were pretty disgraceful and it was a shocking match in the wet up there. So they played it at Marvel. Jack Sinclair had 33 touches, but Travis Boat, from my perspective, was player on the ground. He had 30 touches and Rioli, Pow Pepper, and Mitch Owens all had two goals. Obviously Owens from the Saints though. The Saints just going down by seven, even though they didn't play their best footy.
1: Yeah, it was a good win by Port Adelaide. To come across to to Victoria and get the win against a uh, uh, informed St Kilda side. Um, obviously, like you mentioned, Travis Boak had an outstanding performance. I mean, to, at his sort of age and and level of his career to keep performing and and having that level of output is an absolute credit to him. So well done to to power on that big win. Now
0: the Saints were just bombing balls inside fifty for I think the last forty minutes of the game and they didn't have any tall target down there. I think some of the players probably forgot that (laughs) Zane Cordy there, Big, biggest player most likely on the ground, apart yep. from Rowan Marshall, have been taken out of the game. So there's absolutely no tall targets down there. Just bombing it. Aaliyah had come in and just intercepted. I think he would have had five intercept marks within the last quarter.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think that's a, a testament to the pressure that Port were putting on the ball carriers of St Kilda sort of when they were coming and moving through the middle of the of the ground. I, I think there was only a couple or handful of plays throughout the game where we saw what St Kilda has been able to produce this season in terms of their ball movement, that quick transition off the half back flank and... And they did it well in times, but I thought Port's ability to put that pressure on and, and create those long kicks in so players like Aliria could come in and, and intercept Mark. Jason Horn francis was getting boos Ugh. from St Kilda supporters. And for
0: me, that is a joke. I think it's disrespectful towards him. He's only 18, 19 years old right now. People were talking about Jack Given last year and how some people were disrespecting him as a teenager. Well, now you you yourselves are disrespecting... Jason Horn francis who's 19 years old, let's remember that. He's a kid. He wanted to go home and he's playing his best footy right now.
1: Oh, absolutely. In my opinion, it it doesn't make sense that he's getting booed by St. Kilda fans. I mean, I can probably understand in terms of a North point of view and stuff like that. You see it regularly happen from opposition teams that, you know, a player leaves their club and they go head-to-head. I mean, Rory Lobb experienced it over in in Perth against Fremantle. It, it, It happens. It's part of the game. Um... But, yeah, I just don't agree with St Kilda fans <laughs> doing it to play that has had absolutely nothing to do with. But, I mean, he was outstanding, though, in his performance. And, I mean, a real testament to him and, and Ken Hinckley, the way they're sort of combining it. Looks like it looks like he's really taking him under his wing and, and supporting him well. And he played a great game as well on Friday night.
0: Now, should, Will Ashcroft kicked a ripper, which oh. will be definitely in contention for goal of the year this year. Brisbane getting the 48-point win. Uh, over Fremantle, Lockie Neal starring with 35 touches. Lincoln McCarthy and Joe Danaher both having three goals. The Lions forwards looking a bit more active uh, in these last few weeks.
1: Yeah, they have been. I mean, they copped a, a bit of criticism a few weeks back, but they've been performing really well. Um, you know, in, in in recent weeks, in the last couple of weeks. So, geez, that goal from Ashcroft and and the type of player he is in in general. He's he's phenomenal, isn't he? I mean, to to come into the system and he and he's just. He's ready for it. He was made ready for for AFL footy um, and that goal of the year contender, along with um, Walters as well. I mean, Mm. a couple of goal of the year contenders early on, and and they were great, both from the boundary, nice tight angles and, um, yeah, well celebrated as well. (laughs) Have you ever kicked one like that, Ali? (laughs) Oh, no, not me personally. I'm not – I don't have too many tricks up my sleeve. I'm sort of, you know – bit more basic in the, in the mm-hmm. way it can produce things. You need a bit more luck and fortune to roll your way uh, when it comes to those things and a bit more time to practice it. But, jeez, I, I, I hope I can get there. I think it's my my intentions in football by the end of my career. <laughs> if I can get a ripping goal and, and take some form of great mark, I'll be super happy.
0: <laughs> we had a one-off-one-step, long 50-metre kick to get the dogs into the finals and up with 2 minutes left last year can you take me through what that was like
1: yeah that was that was nice to be part of that um and just to get back into playing finals footy again we yep. we hadn't been there in a long time we'd only played sort of finals in in 2018, um, in which we we're able to celebrate yesterday as a team, um, five years on from from that. So, but I mean to to kick those goals in those games, and, the, and then you've got to make most of those moments, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's 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 nice when you can kick match winners. <laughs> it's um, a pretty special feeling, and um, yeah, they're the ones that are celebrated the most. They're the ones that your teammates get around you the most. So, um, they're they're a lot of fun to kick and and be part of. Yeah, I want to get to the
0: Sydney and GWS game because there's a passage of play with one minute and 15 seconds left that started at centre-half back stoppage for GWS and through Harry Perriman and Toby Green got through to a boundary stoppage and then about 20 seconds later, a forward 50 stoppage uh, at the top of the goal square where Toby Green then just turned around and snapped the ball across his body, (laughs) across the line, (laughs) to put them up one point with a minute left. It was a phenomenal passage of play from GWS and their captain, Toby Green, with four goals.
1: Oh, he was absolutely incredible yesterday um you know to to kick that goal and and to kick that kind of match winner i mean yep. it was it was really impressive he he really stood up as a leader for gws yesterday and and to get that win for them that's huge like sydney are obviously a, a great side and and they were coming off the back of a, a a really hard loss the week before so you know that they were going to come out and be really firing those sort of games you know sort of tick that over for for certain teams and, and make them come out firing the week after. So for GWS to hold that and 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 play the footy that they did was incredible but to- Toby Green that goal was was really impressive. I mean anyone out there to any of our our listeners if you saw the Toby Green goal or if you've practice those snapshots, give us a call on 1300 736 736 and you can have a chat to us about it or any goal from the weekend because there was some, um oh, so far, they've been really impressive, some real contenders for that goal of the year.
0: Yeah, well, GWS started off the game with five goals straight, I believe, and they put themselves up a good three or four goals up uh, by, th- by quarter time and Sydney fought that back climb that deficit back, and Sydney ended up with a 20-point lead uh, by three-quarter time, and at, during the fourth quarter, it got out to as much as 25 points, and GWS were able to do something Collingwood-like, I guess you could say, and scale that back.
1: Yeah, and they've done it a couple of times this season already, GWS, where they've they've been in games, and then they've won a couple of close ones. They won over in a gather round where um, I think it was Himmelberg took the mark and... Um, mm-hmm. You know they, they were able to sort of you know get themselves over the line there, so to have that fighting spirit, and like you mentioned max, we, we saw it in Collingwood last year. It's a you know you don't want to leave games to the final <laughs> moments and stuff like that, but if you've got that spirit and and that ability to win those kinds of games in which GWS um, had yesterday that that's that's a really good thing to have. so um yeah, well done to to them and and to Toby Green and his team.
0: The Western Bulldogs versus Hawthorne. The Dogs got off to another fast start to get there. Another win in the win column for them to just keep climbing up on that AFL ladder for 2023. Will Day, though, had 30 touches for Hawthorne. He was um, incredibly accurate by foot. And Blake Hardwick with 27 touches. But Aaron Norton starred with three goals and Luke Bruce with three uh, for the Dogs. The Hawks never looked like really coming back, though, um, 15 to 30 points down.
1: No, and, and and it was Bond's two hundredth game as well. So I mean, from a Bulldogs perspective, you you talk about heart and soul, and one of the 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 best players that the club's seen. Um, you know, you you find that spirit within you to to get those wins on the board, and um, yeah, what an outstanding performance it was uh, for them. You know, to, to get that win at home, um, like you mentioned, Aaron Norton had a had a great day out. We saw Hugo Hagen kick a couple of goals, Lob kicked a couple of goals as well. Tim English is having some season isn't he as well? He, he's been incredible this year and, and it was nice to see Artie Jones finally kick <laughs> his first goal as well. He's He's been pushing hard for it. Um, he hasn't had quite as much luck in front of goal, but um, no, it was awesome to, to see him kick a goal as well. But yeah, Marcus Bontempalli's 200th game for the club um, was a good win for the Doggies.
0: The spirit that Artie Jones brings to that football club, he's going to be someone who's loved um, and portrayed by Dogs fans with the number <laughs> on their back already. Um, And he's going to be someone of the future for the Western Bulldogs, certainly. So Melbourne and North Melbourne, obviously Melbourne get a 90-point win at the MCG. Clayton Olive with 37 touches and Bailey Fritch with four goals. It was just a demolition of North (laughs) Melbourne who were never up to the task, were never up to standard, and you felt going into the game,
1: it wouldn't be, it would not be a 90-point game. No, you you didn't think that Melbourne were (laughs) going to win by that much, but... I mean, they're good. They're really good, aren't they? The Ds, when they when they get up and about, they can just put a, a good score on really quickly, and it's and it's impressive to watch and, and witness. Petraka as well. He had the 35 disposals and three goals himself, two on that max. So they were phenomenal. Um, they they really you know took it to North and and didn't let him in the game at all. It, and they never looked a chance, um, throughout the game, but. Harry Sheasel, he's you know, a, a young rising star as well. Um, I saw him early on in one of the pre-season games against uh, Richmond. I thought, geez, this kid is an absolute star mm. and he, he's he been really good for, for North. He's been really competitive. He's got plenty of the footy um, and he, he's going to be a great player uh, for them in the future. He
0: sure will, Harry Sheasel. West Coast and Carlton. Carlton get the W by 108 points. Nick Newman had 34 disposals. But it was Charlie Kernow who stole the show with nine goals. He is an absolute superstar. After a couple of quiet weeks for himself and Harry Mackay. Charlie Kernow bounces back in style over in the West. The Blues took control at the start of the game, never looked back, and surged straight. and They had a nine goal last quarter.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a good win for for Carlton to bounce back after last week and um, have that win. Obviously, Charlie Charlie Kernow, sorry, is a He's an absolute superstar when he gets mm. going and, and, you know, his ability to to take marks and, and keep these goals is incredible. I think they, they had a record amount of marks inside 50 as well yesterday, Carlton, which sort of was, was put to him a little bit over the last week, having Mackay and, and Kerno in their forward line and Silvani as well, obviously. So they've got some really strong marking targets up there and, and they were able to produce sort of what people have expected of them um, yesterday. So... That uh, was, was a great win um, for the Blue Baggers. I know there's a lot of Carlton supporters out there who absolutely adore Charlie Kerno. So if you want to give us a call and have a chat to us about the Blues and Kerno, you can give us a call on 1300 736 736 and have a chat to us about it, Max.
0: Yes, absolutely, Ellie. That's 1300 736 736. Coming up after a short break, we've got former Swan, Callum Sinclair, live on the line.
1: The old. Kids
0: Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. On Kids
1: Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn.
0: Welcome back to the Kids Edition. Right now on the line we have former Sydney Swans, big man Ruckman Callum Sinclair. Callum, it's an honour to have you on the show. How are you?
2: Thank you very much, Max. Uh, great to be uh, on air with the team at SCN. Uh Doing a great job. So thanks for the invitation.
0: Thanks so much, Calum. I want to get your thoughts on that Sydney derby yesterday. What were your thoughts on that goal from Toby Green with about a minute left?
2: Mate, it was an outstanding uh, game for Sydney football, particularly, uh, mate, the weather conditions weren't great uh, at the SCG, but the turnout was was unbelievable. I think the rivalry is really growing year by year, probably taking a little bit of time to, to get that rivalry up and about, but... In regards to that goal by Toby Green, like if there's one guy at a stoppage that you want to take care of, with you know 30 seconds to go, it's Toby Green, and I think it showed up. It showed why he's such an amazing leader um, yeah. <laughs> and just a superstar of the competition. So, an absolute epic finish, and um, yeah, I'm sure the Swans will be licking their wounds this morning.
0: Was that one of the biggest highlights of the year for yourself playing in those kinds of games?
2: Mate, it is, mate. Look, you know, I um, <laughs> um, as I reflect back, you know, I think um, the rivalry is still, you know, in its infancy. It probably still doesn't have the, um, the level of, you know, notoriety compared to, you know, the showdown or the Western derby over there in Western Australia. But it's certainly getting there. Um, particularly the talent from both sides is uh, pretty incredible at the moment. Both clubs are probably at a different stage, you know. Swans are coming off a... A grand final loss; is probably have expectations to be top four, and Giants are probably in a bit of a mini rebuild. You know, the public he had had the shuffle in their list over the last couple of years with with the likes of Jeremy Cameron heading out, um, Jake Hopper, and also um, Tim Taranto. So they've had a bit of a shuffle. So they're probably assessing where they're at. Um, so it's obviously, yeah, a great contest, always.
1: And from a, a Sydney point of view, Callum, what a you know the last couple of weeks have. They've obviously struggled last week against Geelong, and it was almost a repeat of uh, the grand final to a level. And and then that that tough loss uh, yesterday against the Giants. What are some things that you think that Sydney need to do to rectify some of those issues and and get back on the winning board?
2: Well, it's, I think it's definitely fair to say that they're not playing probably at the level that they were in in 2022. Look, I don't think injuries are probably helping them at the moment. They're definitely not. Um, uh, definitely haven't got their bf 22 out on the field at the moment. In regards to last week, you know, I, you'd know, you hope that's a blimp in the road for them because it, it, they just were non-competitive, unfortunately. Um, I know, speaking to people internally, they assessed that game pretty hard. It was the toughest week on the training track um, that they've had in a, in a long time. Um, it's, it was definitely below the standards that they would set for themselves but in terms of where to from here like it, their, their job's not getting easier, you know, they've got Collingwood next week which is going to be, you know, they're arguably the most informed team in in the competition so it's going to be a challenge for them they need players back, I don't think they're going to get any players back for next week um, I don't think Dane Rank is going to be in a position to come back, Paddy McCartan's obviously dealing with his issues but I just think that they needed to start, you know, obviously a win would be great, but they just can't afford to probably drop a third in a row uh, considering where they came from last year. I think once you lose three in a row, you're really playing um, the comeback game for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mentality is obviously a big part uh, of the game, Callum. What do you think Sydney need to do from a mental standpoint uh, and view to rectify some of these issues? Is that a mentality thing? Some of the style they're playing. I mean, obviously they've got players out. How do you try and put that grand final loss and the grand final repeat loss behind you?
2: Yeah, look, you know, if that loss had came to another, you know, if that nasty loss was another team, um, you probably wouldn't be talking about it too much compared to to what they're going through um, at the moment. But I think you know they've obviously what they what they require now is a lot of um, a lot of their depth players to step up. So you know, guys like uh, Gus Sheldrick, uh, Dylan Stephens, uh, Mark Sheeter played his first game yesterday. So there are guys that are going to be thrown into the team and need to probably step up in regards to you know playing that role. To in order for Sydney to be a top four team, um, the reality is that at the moment they just haven't got the personnel um, due to just due to their injury list. So uh, in terms of a mentality point of view, they're really just going to have to dig deep. They're going to have to find a way, but. There is no secret source for that kind of stuff. You really just need to you know, continue to build your confidence and stay connected um, once the group starts to, to fray away. Um, that, that's obviously the obvious issue to come. But, look, they're a strong club. I'm sure they'll address that internally. But, um, yeah, they definitely don't want to lose three in a row.
0: Cal, can you take us through your decision to retire at the end of last year after, uh, you know, understandably not getting a game for the Swans last year?
2: Yeah, mate. It would look, uh, I think time was up. Uh, mate I, I really probably look in hindsight i probably should have you know retired a, a year earlier um it was just um challenging probably you know 12 to 18 months you know not being a being a starter in the side and obviously uh, yeah obviously played a role in the um in the VFL squad but mate i think at 33 um you know the, the body was getting a little bit sore and I was ready I was ready max I, I, I definitely needed to, um, to move on with my life and go on to um, go on to new things and, and new challenges so um, you know everyone's career comes to an end and it definitely um, you know you miss it from time to time, but I can um, you know, stand here at the moment and be, be very proud of the career that I had and um, you know just uh, it was really just a case of, of time's up and ready to move on.
1: Absolutely, you should be immensely proud of the the career you had, Callum. But what does retirement look like for you now? Obviously, a bit of extra time on the hand. So, what are you up to now?
2: Yeah, I've um, now work in the uh, commercial property industry, but for a company called Dexas. So, work in the industrial property team there. Um, obviously, doing a little bit of uh, media work for the Sydney Swans, which is great. Um, I, I've Joined the local basketball team so we've got our semi final tonight at 730 so I'm very very excited for that That kinda of get my competitiveness uh, my competitive fixed um, once a week so mate it's been um, yeah it's a, it's a definitely a different life um, the body is obviously a lot more um, a lot more happier than it was, than what, than what it was when I was playing so um, just work you know obviously I spend a lot more time with the family. I've just got back from a few trips in New Zealand and and uh, in Indonesia. So yeah, the um, I'm definitely taking advantage of the spare time that I've got.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Callum. Thanks so much for joining us. Just before uh, we let you go, how do you go at basketball?
2: Mate, I'm not too bad. I'm lucky. I'm tall, put it that way. Yep. Uh, <laughs>
0: I'm
2: not too uh, uh, I'm not too good with the dribble or anything like that, but. Um, I can touch the rim, so I think my team likes me. But if they get me to dribble, um, they they quickly tell me to uh, stop doing that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> Callum Sinclair, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and uh, best of luck tonight.
2: No worries, I'll keep, uh, keep up the good, work.
0: Callum Sinclair, there, former Sydney Swan, best of luck to him in, uh, in his basketball <laughs> semi-final tonight. Uh, hopefully, the skills from on-field translate straight to. Off the field, couple of messages off the text. Excited to play the new AFL 23 video game this week. Have you seen any of the girls' player scans yet? No, I haven't yet. Have you, No, I
1: I haven't seen any of the scans yet. Um, Not too sure what they're going to look like, hopefully. Did you see Scott Pendlebury's?
0: No, I haven't seen that. See, it's it's very – I thought it more looked a bit like Nick Dacos than (laughs) than Scott Pendlebury. Maybe a bit shorter than Nick Dacos, but his face just didn't – Didn't look like Pendles, but they nailed a couple of others. They nailed Jeremy Howe and they nailed Jamie Elliott from the pie. So I saw the Collingwood scans yesterday. I've seen a couple of the Saints ones and a couple of the Freo ones. So it's uh, it's looking good. Jeremy Howe tweeted uh, and posted on his Instagram the other day. He's not too happy in the trailer for it that he's getting hung on. Yeah, it's a... With the, uh, with the screamer.
1: Yeah, it's not ideal for someone who's normally the one taking yeah. the screamers <laughs> himself, so it's almost, a, yeah, kicking the guts, that one, for him. But, no, I'm excited to see what it looks like when the game comes out and, uh, yeah, excited to see what the scans are. Hopefully, yeah, we hopefully look good in it, so. Absolutely. <laughs> <bit> Absolutely. Nice. <laughs> Give us a call on 1300
0: 736 736. If you've got kick or footy today or your team's about to play, we'll take your calls on the other side of this.
2: The top of 17 degrees, partly cloudy tomorrow, 18 and showers on a... The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I
0: kicked it for everyone's legs.
1: Oh, nice. yeah. The Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn.
0: Welcome back to the Kids Edition. Now, Ellie, the AFLW start date was announced just earlier this week that it will be the first week... Uh, of September, how are you feeling about that? Obviously, not too many fixtured and scheduled dates in yet, but does that give you a bit of comfort knowing you've got a start date? I mean, this time last year's didn't have a start date till almost August.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's nice to to know when we're going to start playing. It's obviously, that bye round uh, between the men's um, last game and and final starting for them. So it's a it's a good time to to start playing footy. So I'm looking forward to getting back into. Into training, um, it's going to be a long pre-season. I think it's going to be a 14-week pre-season uh, for us. So we've already been training for, for quite some time. But to have those dates, um, to have it locked in is, is obviously, um, you know, ideal um, <laughs> <laughs> to have it all. And then, yeah, I think with the with the last little bit of the CBA negotiations and stuff like that, work out what games and, and fixturing and all that looks like. So there's still a fair bit to play out. But it's nice to know when we're actually going to be starting, Max.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now the finals for you girls last year that game against Collingwood, Kirsty Lamb in, I guess the last few minutes of the game, took a mark, went back at the top of the goal square and slotted it to keep you girls' hopes alive. What was that like? I was watching it on TV. And I thought that's just incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's a she's an outstanding player, um, Kirsty Lamb, and and kept us in it plenty of times throughout her career, but um, particularly on that day um, at Victoria Park against the Pies. It, it, yeah, it, it's it's a it's probably the wrong thing to say, but it's like, if there was another minute left, we probably would have got up. We yeah, had all the momentum in the, firing. in the world. Um, and we, we've done it a couple of times in those moments. And we just, we, we felt it. We felt it coming, but like mm-hmm. you, you leave it out for that long to, to fight back. You, you don't, I, I think you don't deserve those wins in those moments. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a tough loss. It was a tough pill to swallow that one um, considering how close we got and, and the ball was in our forward 50 um, with a minute or so to go. And, and we had opportunity there to, to potentially kick a goal and get in front and, and win the game. But I mean it's a long time ago now, so I put that one to yeah. to bed and, and to rest. So um but it was good to, to be back playing finals footy, like I mentioned before. It's it's been a long time running um mm-hmm. you know, for that mm-hmm. one. So it was it was nice to get a feel of it, nice for our group to get a feel of it, and then to to keep majority of our team um, you know, in in the off season and, and ready to go for, for this upcoming season is something I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now I want to talk about how fitting it was for Daisy Pearce to go out on a high, winning that premiership that she's been lurking for so many years. You'd see the joy in her face. You could see it when she spoke to one of her good friends, Abby Holmes, after the game in that brief interview and down in the rooms. It was great to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, what a wonderful contributor she's been to the game itself in general, um, let alone women's footy and, and what she's done for the game in that space. So just remember playing against days in... Um, the the VFLW or VWFL before it went to VFLW and um, you know she won I I think the Helen Lambert medal which was the league best and fairest like six times or something like that. It was a ridiculous amount. Mm -hmm. Um, She was, was an incredible player in that regards and then coming into AFLW her leadership and guidance and and particularly with Melbourne, um, what she's been able to do there was absolutely incredible. Um, you know, she's she's a, a phenomenal um, human being in, in general, but what she was able to do for the game was um, incredible itself as a player. So enjoying retirement now, I, I have no doubt for days, but, yeah, it was it was very fitting for her to go out on a high and, and, and lift the Premiership Cup. Um, it was nice to see the Ds get one considering they were um, – one of two teams in the exhibition games, um, early on, so it's quite fitting, I think, for women's footy and, and knowing that doggies and D's and have, have both won a flag now. There's lots of fresh
0: faces at new clubs this year and one of them is Tom Mitchell. He's looking in absolute peak form, uh, for the Collingwood football club. He's an absolute superstar. All those ground ball guests, just making sure uh Craig McRae's game is going to plan, just get the ball forward, keep nudging it forward. Um Tom Mitchell.
1: Oh yeah, he's been great. He's he's sort of that been that piece that Collingwood have almost missed last season just that, yep. that real in and under player to allow the likes of of Pendlebury to get it on the outside Dacos. um he's he's feeding the footy to these guys um and obviously you know the the mix of having to go in there as well with them he's he's been awesome um Tommy Mitchell and and what he's been able to do this season he, and he looks like he's just having a lot of fun out there I I it's it's one of my favorite things is is to watch The way, like, players and, and, you know, if they've experienced a tough time at a previous club or just, you know, Mm -hmm. they were almost going through the motions a little bit, which what it kind of looked like from a Tom Mitchell point of view or, or an outsider's point of view for Tom Mitchell... At the Hawks, and and now he's he's getting on the scoreboard. He he looks like he's just running around with a massive smile on his face, and and having a lot of fun enjoying his footy. And that's something you I think you love to see in 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 footballers at all levels. So it's awesome um to to watch. So any pie supporters out there? I know there's plenty of them um floating about, and they're up and about again. Give us a call on one three hundred. And you can have a chat to us about the Pies. You can have a chat to us about Tom Mitchell or everyone's favourite player, Nick Dacos at Collingwood at the moment. Um, So give us a call on 1300-736-736. Yeah, Ali, I want to touch on the
0: West Coast Eagles. Adam Simpson made a statement and a comment last week regarding uh, the health of his side. Uh, He said that they're so depleted, they're almost going and considering selecting next generation Academy players to play AFL level now that's that's concerning as an AFL side when you when you've got that many players out and you're looking towards next generation academy you understand some of the defeats they've had and um, others you think well you may be able to pinch that one but um, it was really concerning last night for them and um, Adam Simpson's con- comment was obviously concerning last week.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it was, and it's it's, it's tough when that happens. I mean. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard to find those players, those top up players. You know, your your list is genuinely depleted, and they lost a handful of players the other week. And um, you know, you feel for them in that regards. Uh, hopefully, they get players back. You know, throughout the throughout the year, but to have to look at those next gen players, it's it's really tough. And um, you know, we I've seen it happen from an AFLW point of view, and you've had to call players up and and literally, you know, with, with your list sizes to. To get them as train ons, and then to they're they're eventually playing a game um, a week later. So it's a it's a really tough position for for them to be in the West Coast. So um, hopefully they can sort out a couple of those injury woes and and get players back. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a it's it's a tough run for them at the moment, Max.
0: Yeah, it really is. We'll take a short break here on the Kids Edition. My name's Max Becker. Ali Blackburn joining me. After the break, we'll take your calls, 1-300-736-736 or the temper line 0433-9811-16. The Kids Edition. We played a game and then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs.
1: On oh, The Kids Edition. With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn.
0: Welcome back to the Kids Edition. A couple of texts off the temper tex 433 or... Give us your thoughts and call in uh, on the weekend of AFL footy. If you've got Oz kick today, or you've got a footy later today, this morning, right now, or this afternoon, one three hundred seven three six seven three six off the temper text. How is Adam Simpson still coaching West Coast? It's been over three years of poor performances.
1: Well, it's a it's a tough one. Um, you know, his list has been absolutely depleted in terms of injuries and things mm-hmm. like that. So. You can understand um, from a West Coast point of view. He did take him to a, a premiership in in twenty eighteen. Do you think that's what's
0: ultimately keeping his career alive?
1: Oh, potentially, potentially. Um, look, yeah. To be honest, I'm not too sure. Um, on, you know, sort of his career and what West Coast are, are looking for. But I mean, you can understand from, I guess, a, a, de- a depleted list when you get that many injuries. Mm-hmm. It's it's it'd be a tough position to be in, um, from a coaching point of view and. It's um yeah, pretty unfortunate position to be in considering like with the the list he got to um a premiership with Max.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's been completely uh, depleted since then. It's not like they don't have superstars mm. in there. You know, you've got Tim Kelly, he's been quiet since crossing for Delong to West Coast, he had one good year. And you think this year could be his year where he just gets back on that list in terms of disposals, maybe one or two goals a game. They've got Jaden Hunt, who's come across from Melbourne. He's doing a great job. And they've got young guns like Jai Cully in there, who I believe spoke on Dwayne's World uh, the other day. He spoke uh, increasingly well uh, to Dwayne Russell the other day. It was really interesting to hear his perspective. Uh, You can go listen to that on the SEN app or wherever you get your podcasts uh, and interviews. Jenning Croydon says is West Coast and the career of Nick Natanui, it's been overwhelmingly disappointing.
1: Oh, I, I, I've loved watching Nick Nat play, particularly in his prime, and, and just the ability he has as a ruck to sort of get the ball out and, and get the ball moving forward. Uh, I think he's he's... You know, been unfortunate on an injury front as well. I think it's <laughs> the story of West Coast, particularly of late, and and probably of Nick Nat, unfortunately, um, with the level of injury that he's he's had. But um, no, I've I've really enjoyed personally watching his career. I know from your point of view, Max, if if that's your point of view as well. Um, but yeah, just like the, the there's been like some really significant moments um watching his career and, and how well he's gone about it. He's helped West Coast make finals. He's helped them make qualifying finals.
0: He's helped them make prelim finals and a grand final too. So he's no doubt a superstar uh, of the AFL and he'll be a poignant figure in the history of the West Coast Eagles, um to say the least. Now, Anzac Day last Tuesday, it was a blockbuster game. Collingwood, in Collingwood fashion, it was – it was just way too fitting from, you know, a 35, 38-point margin down to come back in that last quarter and steal it off the Bombers who don't have a whole lot of experience in defending large margins.
1: No, I, I looked at the scoreline at three-quarter time and I thought, he's Collingwood's was just going to win this game. Yep. And I reckon yep. everyone thought the exact same thing for some reason. I, even Essendon supporters were probably sitting there being like – Lead's not enough here. Almost mm. at, the, at mm. the moment, their ability to just win those games and 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 the way they've gone about it. And I know it's been pointed out a fair bit in the media this week. Just the the laughing of Braden Maynard after he made the error. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it came out through one of the players talking about our Craig McRae pre-game spoke about that. There's going to be mistakes made, so mm. it was almost timely that he did it and they were all having a laugh, but then their ability to just park that moment, like that's happened. Let's move forward and, and, and go from there is, is something that I think young kids should look at and admire because Mm -hmm. it's, it's footy. There's, it's, it's not like cricket. It's not like you make a bad shot. You're out and your day's done almost footy. You can, you can make a lot of mistakes um, within the game and, and you have the opportunity in, in the next moment to kind of fix it and, and to do something about it. And, and I think, Collingwood possess that really well and, and demonstrate that really well. Um, and then, as soon as uh, they kick, uh, Frampton kicked that first goal, I believe mm-hmm. of the of the fourth quarter um, in the ANZAC Day game, gee, you just like you looked at them and like they're already in front yeah. in their minds <laughs> and, and they're just going to put it on here. And it was great to watch um, from that point of view, Max. So um, well done to to um, Collingwood for getting the win, but it was incredible. Aim and and to get that many people there and Anzac Day is always a, a really special occasion um, and for those two clubs to be part of every year it's 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 a significant moment in the calendar year um, in the footy season and 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 what a what a game it was Max
0: yeah absolutely even when Scott Pendlebury went down uh, with an eye injury obviously he's been ruled out today Still side Bottom I believe is still uh, indefinite he's been battling the flu this week he was influential. On Tuesday, Steele, he was everywhere in the contest, making sure he gets the ground ball, gets he, gets it out of the pack. Um, and for me, when Scott Penelbury and Steele Sidebottom really stepped up in matters, moments that mattered um, throughout the Anzac Day clash, um, it really helped Collingwood build momentum and swing it in their favour.
1: Oh, it did. I, I thought Steele was outstanding uh, on Tuesday. I thought his performance was really good. It's probably one of his best games he's played in the last couple of years. Mm. Um, so it was great to to watch him be able to do that. Also, I thought the likes of Darcy Moore was um, incredible as well. So those three, uh, I guess they're they're leaders of the club and and senior cogs in, in the machine for for what Collingwood are able to produce with with the talent that they have on that list. So um, to watch those three go to work and and perform the way they do is is absolutely incredible. And um, yeah, it was it was um, I guess fun to watch. They're fun to watch at the moment, Collingwood. I I, I mean. You, you love to hate them, and you always have. But you can't. But for me, at the moment, I, you can't help but want to watch their games of footy because they're really exciting. They're they're really fun to to witness and and to yeah to switch the telly on and and watch.
0: A commendable speech from Darcy Moore. It was uh, on Anzac Day, um, and he encapsulates everything that is, should be, and more uh, of a captain and of that football club. So. Congratulations to Darcy Moore. He's an outstanding captain and he will be for, I assume, the next decade and this next period uh, of the Collingwood Football Club. We'll take a quick break here on the Kids Edition Australia-wide. We'll be right back after this. The Kids Edition. We played a game and
1: then we won it. I kicked it for everyone's legs. On SEL. Is
2: it? With Max Becker and Ellie Blackburn,
0: welcome back to the Kids Edition. Now we've got a couple of games to not only wrap up but preview here uh, on SEN Australia. Wide all the SEN app crunch time for Sunday coming up after this um, later on this morning. So we've got Essendon and Geelong uh, first up today. It's going to be a massive game, Ellie, for Geelong and see if Essendon can uh, bounce back.
1: Yeah, I think for for both teams in the in the grand scheme of the season, um, it's going to be a big game um, regardless. So expecting a, a big crowd at the G um, later today at one o'clock. Yeah, uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a tight one there. I mean yep. Essendon they they need a win to keep in in touch with the eight, and and uh, likewise for Geelong. I mean they're just sitting outside the top eight there. They're in tenth position on the ladder, so um, they'd be looking to to get a good win off the, particularly off the back of last week. And excited to see likes of Jeremy Cameron go at it again. He's been incredible Mm -hmm. this season. So I'm intrigued about the matchup there, who goes to him, um, and and to watch that game play out today. Gold Coast and Richmond.
0: It's going to be a fascinating and tight contest at Marvel Stadium. You can get that on SEN Fanatic and the SEN app at 1pm Eastern Standard Time uh, for Australia and here in Melbourne. It'll be a great contest. Dusty Martin hopefully is in form. He can... Hopefully I think he might kick it back today. I've got that I've got a feeling.
1: <laughs> I love it. I, I look I hope he does. I hope he does kick it bag. It'll be an, an, another good contest there and um another good battle in the in the midfield. Um, um you know, liking the way Raoul goes about it from a Gold Coast point of view, I mean, he's, he's such a, he's such a good player and, and just the effort and output. So any kids uh-huh. out there, just if you want to watch players genuinely work hard from contest to contest, he's, he's one of those players that I think does it exceptionally well. Um, a lot of unrewarded running for, for Matty Rao. but you know, the, the Tigers, uh, again, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Toronto goes in there, uh, uh-huh. with, with Hopper, you know, that they're, they're a good combo and, you know, hopefully, um, another good contest at Marble stadium later today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Joel Jeffries in action. I think he's going to be a star uh, of the future. I mean, he's sort of a mature age recruit for the Gold Coast Suns. If the ball's 100 metres out in front of him, he's going to go for it. It doesn't matter. And I think the energy and spirit he puts into that Gold Coast side is really influential and uh, a vital part of what is going to be their success in the future. We've got Adelaide and Collingwood over at Adelaide Oval at 10 past 4.0. Now, Paul Bonzer, Darrell Wakeland, plus a special Crows Nation call for our friends on SENSA in Adelaide. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game for Adelaide, Rory Sloan, uh, and the likes. It's going to be a massive contest, still side-bottom indefinite uh, as of just yet. Scott Pendlebury out. Taylor Adams comes back from suspension, though, so a big add to the Collingwood side.
1: Yeah, it is, having Taylor Adams back in, particularly with Pendlebury going out of the side as well. Uh, It's going to be a great game. Both teams are just in in such good form at the moment. I mean, Adelaide, they've sort of almost surprised the competition a little bit with with what they've been able to do this season. They've been Mm -hmm. um, a great side so far um, in 2023. So I'm looking forward to that contest over in Adelaide um, later this afternoon. It's going to be, you know, do they... The big talks of of a tag of Nick dakos does that actually come to fruition today? Mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see, but i mean it's it's going to be another cracking game um later this afternoon so what a what a game to finish off um this round of, of footy? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, it's going to be a huge day of footy. You can get all the games live and free on SEN and on the SEN app. Australia Wide, my name is Max Becker. Joining me every Sunday, as per usual, is Ali Blackburn. We'll be back next Sunday. Don't forget to follow the Kids Edition on socials, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook and download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's going to be a huge day of footy. Essendon and Geelong, Gold Coast, Richmond, Adelaide, and Collingwood. We've also got a couple of specials coming up in the next few weeks as Steel Slybottom approaches his 300th game. Thanks for joining us on the Kids Edition today. We'll see you next week.